When you say someone's not going to have five years to get things turned around, do you think I can, I can promise to anybody that things are going to be great in one year? No, but I do you believe in the tooth fairy? You can Santa say Claus? Which guy do you like? No, but you, you can if you don't think I have to build something Santa. long term, wait, if you don't think it takes time to build something great, if you think something great gets built in one second, then that's wrong. You shouldn't expect it. Fans should expect it. Okay? I'm not talking about one year. I'm talking of a standard that will be built and sustained. Okay? Built and sustained. That if you're if the fans are expecting something to be miraculous next year, listen, we could it could happen. Maybe you know that's that good. But you can't count on that. Okay? There has to be a degree of patience to build sustained, sustained excellence. Okay? I'm gonna say that again. Sustained excellence. You know, you say five years, listen. You want to wait five years for sustained excellence? You think people will wait five years for sustained excellence? For 20 years of winning seasons? They better. Can you if they it? want that, you know, you're not going to get things immediate gratification. It may come, may not come. We'll see how fast things can do. You know, so listen, I'm not going to sit here and BS people, okay? It's a building process. You heard about Rome, right? It wasn't built in a day. Welcome. It's weird. It, it feels weird. No theme music without Nikki leading us in. It's a whole thing. Emergency one-day contract. I guess now we're looking at a zero-day contract, like a negative one-day contract. I will. I appreciate you not talking until you're introduced. Those are the rules. Everybody knows the rules. Uh, my name is Josh Klein. I am managing editor of The Riot Report. You are listening to One Day Contract the Panthers talk show where we invite a Panthers media member or personality. And we invited a few of them and they all turned us down because weirdly they have other things going on right now, but it is me. You've got me, Josh Klein, managing editor of the right report and sitting across from me. You've got Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the right report. And, uh, I do not have your funny intro in front of me. So you could just go ahead and tell me, how are you feeling right now on the heels of the winningest coach in Carolina Panthers history being dismissed earlier today. There was a period where I was really fired up about the end of the Ron Rivera era, a, a guy whose time here in Carolina, I don't believe David Tepper fully appreciated. And with all due respect, calling him a good coach when he's your franchise's all-time leader and wins uh, isn't, isn't exactly measure up in my book. Uh, Ron Rivera has been a guy that has been at the forefront when this franchise has gone through some of its most difficult times. When the NFL in America had a fever about domestic violence, it was Ron Rivera who was asked to go out in front of the media time and again and represent the Carolina Panthers, answering questions that no football coach wants to answer. Then he had to go through a situation with his owner, where, again, he had to be the face and be the guy that was out front. And all the while, he did it while winning multiple Coach of the Year awards, making the playoffs multiple times, and now with a backup quarterback at the helm, with his defensive tackles on the sideline, this is the time I was pretty fired up. But the, but the more David Tepper talks, Josh, the more I'm, I'm really focused on where do we go from here. Because at the end of the day, he did not fire. He's not Jerry Jones firing Tom Landry. He's not. He let go of a good NFL head coach. And now he's making a lot of, I won't, not promises, but he's making a lot of statements that even his 
big checkbook may not be able to cash. Yeah, I mean, well, what you're looking at is a guy that wanted to put his stamp. I, I've been saying it for weeks on this podcast. I feel like I've been using the worst analogies and some really good ones. But when you buy a restaurant, you want the food that's coming out of the kitchen. If it looks pretty good, you're like, hey, that looks pretty good. But in all reality, you probably want a guy that you're bringing in cooking that food. And maybe you want a guy buying the groceries, but that's not necessarily true either. But you definitely want the thing that's going on the plate that's going to get reviewed by the New York Times. You want you want that guy that you brought in yourself. And to me, this was just a foregone conclusion and it wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily a losing season. I think that accelerated the timeline. But I think that if you look at Ron Rivera and what he's done here at Carolina, obviously he has been uh, a port in a storm and, and a steadying presence for a team that has a lot of has had a lot of ups and downs. And say what you will about his X's and O's and his and you know the way that he handles two point conversions and calls timeouts and throws the challenge flags. But when you look at this guy, this has been the fa- the the secondary face of the Carolina Panthers franchise and been one of the reasons why they've been able to attract some free agents over the years is because of somebody like like Ron Rivera being there for a while. And I, I think that when David Tepper said one of the things that I thought really rung true for me, and you heard a little bit of David Tepper speaking earlier to some reporters uh when I was there, I, I paid a lot of attention to a couple of phrases that he uses, one of which was sometimes you just need some fresh blood, and sometimes it's just time. And he said that a few times. You need a fresh blood to change the culture. That was a specific quote. You, If you want to uh, sometimes, if you want to get some apples, you got to shake the tree. You know, he used a lot of metaphors, but ultimately I think he wanted to turn this into David Tepper's version of the Carolina Panthers. And that is not Ron Rivera. Unfortunately, Ron Rivera is part of the old regime. Part Ron Rivera still has, whether or not you want to call it the the stink of Jerry Richardson, but he was hired by Jerry Richardson. I think Marty Herney's the same way. I think the, while Tepper was able to go in there and clean out the business side a little bit easier, it 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 makes a lot more waves. It makes a lot more headlines when you do it on the football side, and. Obviously, this season has not gone the way that they wanted it to. What you can blame Kwan Short, you can blame Ch- Cam Newton, but ultimately, you know, you get blown out embarrassingly twice at home. And I think David Tepper said to himself, "I, I got to go out and do this." And I also think that he has somebody that he wants to bring in, and maybe that guy was getting calls from some other suitors, and so he said to himself, "Well, I got to make this thing happen right now." Maybe so. Maybe so. I, I, I do. The timing of it is interesting to me because you just you just mentioned Marty Herney. Like what David Tepper has been talking about since the firing of Ron Rivera is reinstalling the football side completely. And and, and I think as much, even though Marty, you know, there was no official transaction today, the comments about Marty seem to suggest he will not be the general manager going forward. But why? So why now? Why with Rivera? Why not do it on the same day? Why not do it at the end of the season and say, you know what? It, it is time. It's time for me to, to make this team mine, and I, I think I understand that. This, I don't understand doing the, the move now. I don't think there's – he has said there's competitive advantages. If that's true, the NFL should really, really look at that because it seems to me that that's a bad – you know, that, that doesn't seem good that, hey, fire your coach so you can get a competitive advantage – 
going forward. I, I, but maybe, maybe that's the case. Um, I, let's look at it a different way. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut no, you off, but fine. let's look at it a different way. Let's throw all the stuff that he said out the window, and maybe all that stuff just makes makes more sense when you say I don't like getting blown out and we just blew a 14-0 lead to the Washington Redskins who stink who are maybe one of the worst teams in the NFL if not the worst team in the NFL being coached by an interim head coach and you blew this lead and I went to you two weeks ago and I said you you embarrassed me again and you're fired and embarrassed him again I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We can talk in hypotheticals. We can make up whatever we want about what happened behind those closed doors. But ultimately, this podcast, I think, and I think we're on the same page. It's going to be less about Ron Rivera, and we're certainly going to talk about Ron and and what he meant to this franchise and and who he was as a coach and and a and a person. But I think ultimately, the focus should be on what's going to happen going forward. That to me is is much more important. Right, and I agree with that. And and a lot of what has come out about you know David Tepper, or a lot of what we assume is this Steeler influence, this Steeler influence. But you said it, it it was no secret that Ron Rivera was on the hot seat. We assumed it was a foregone conclusion. But David Tepper has also fueled that fire this season with comments yeah. he's made, and that's not something that you see the Roonies doing. Have the Roonies commented on Mike Tomlin's job status? I know he's safe. Safer now than he was a couple, you know, a couple months ago. Of course, the the front office also made a trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, and not to say that safety is an area that may have helped this team had they improved it. Um, but I, I, the idea to me that you watched on Sunday, or that David Tepper watched on Sunday and said, "What this team needs is a new head coach," that's not that that was not the issue that I saw. And in fact, I, you look at the way this team was constructed with a bunch of over 30 free agents. Yep. That's not that that, that on was, one year contracts who are on, uh, who are ending in right. in four games, which is not something that we've typically seen out of Marty and, and Rivera. And so is this a te- is this the Tepper influence? The win now we need to win now. We're like, I'm just not I, I'm concerned that we have a billionaire that. Is playing with his new toy. That's what's that's what's happening right now. Is we have a billionaire playing with his new toy, and that is not the recipe for success. That is not the recipe for sustained success. Is a new owner that wants to play with his new toy. Well, you heard him talking earlier on the clip when we in, when we entered the show. You heard him saying, you know, would you give up five years of media mediocrity or whatever or bad or a bad team? to get 20 years of sustained excellence. And I don't think there is a Panthers fan out there. I don't think there's a person out there that would not make that trade. It's the same as would you take one Super Bowl in or in for exchange for this. But you have to have that sustained excellence. You, there is no guarantee of sustained excellence with whoever they're going to hire, whether it's going to be Lincoln Riley, whether it's going to be Mike McCarthy, whether it's going to be Greg Roman, whether it's going to be whoever it is whether it's going to be you, whether it's going to be me, there is no guarantee that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that that when you shake the tree, you get apples. Sometimes you shake the tree and... Uh, and you get Freddy Kitchens and falls Hugh, out. Ja- Hugh Jackson falls out <laughs> of the we tree. Both went yeah, to, exactly. We both went to Browns coaches. Yeah. <laughs> Weird how that works out. But that's a team that was promised 
that all all these years of bat oh they've been so but but now we're turning we're making the turn and now you look at them and they're still the same team because you have to you have to build that culture of excellence and maybe he's doing it i'm not i'm not i'm not discounting the fact that this is this is the this is not the way to build uh build a franchise build the next new england patriots it can happen it it certainly might but i think there it's it's fair to wonder whether that is the only outcome from this decision is moving on from the uh you know the the winningest head coach in panthers history from a guy who he said you know we want to we want to sustain excellence and when you move on from something like that, there is no guarantee that the next guy is who is going to sustain that excellence. It might certainly I, might. I would argue that you could have built that, that, that new excellence, that new sustained excellence, at least in part around, around Ron Rivera, a good NFL head coach. Now, Tepper said, you know, Hey, you know, the analytics, and it seems like there's some things going on, but again, that sounds to me like an owner that is involved an owner that is meddling that to me, is not the, that is that's not what we see out of these organizations that have this long-term success. Now maybe once he starts to install his people, he's going to take a step back and he's going to he's going to pull back. But right now, he's ho- he's holding media roundtables like Jerry Jones, not like Mr. Rooney from the Steelers. Yeah, no, I mean that's fair. I I I think it's a it is a question I think also we probably will see that. I think what, when we talk about the honeymoon period, we talk about, oh, it's all puppies and rainbows. I think it's also it's all of these things happening right now, right? We are getting to know who David Tepper is as an owner and who he is as a person and how he's going to treat the Carolina Panthers and utilize the Carolina Panthers and, and go forward with the Carolina Panthers because we just don't know. I remember last year people for two weeks asked me, are, is the team going to sign Eric Reed? And I, I, I'm pretty sure I said it in one of these microphones. Like, I, equivocably, no, they will not sign Eric Reed. And then all of a sudden, well, they went out and signed Eric Reed because this is a new owner. I, it, it fail, I failed to include in my hypothesis that this is a completely different guy, and we don't know the rules. So you say, okay, so they, they may need so Cam Newton question marks, whatever. We don't know. But if they do need another quarterback, we don't know if David Tepper is not the kind of guy to go to his GM, Marty Herney, and say, go up and get whoever. Go up and yeah. get Burroughs. It's all I want on the Burrows. table right now. Get, trade all seven picks, Ricky Williams style. Get me Joe Burroughs. I want Joe Burroughs on the team. And when you're the owner of the team, you get to do that. I'm not saying he's going to, and that doesn't really seem like something that he would do because all this stuff does – it is all – in a line to me. I think it it is all in a line of I want to hire the best people and I want to give my team as many advantages as I can. He said it a ton of times today in in the round table that there were competitive disadvantages when he felt like he with Ron Rivera still as head coach, he couldn't go out and, and interview whoever he wanted to do right now and when other teams were doing it, that was putting them at a competitive disadvantage. He said it Tons of times before. He said it with the bubble. He said it with Rock Hill. He said it with uh, everything. You know, the the director of player wellness. The Everybody that he brings in is in order to give the Panthers that little extra competitive advantage. And that, to me, is he says, okay, well, 
the coach that we had was not giving us the best competitive advantage. So I think that who who I'm going to go out and get, and let's be honest, he said there's going to be an internal search committee. That's going right through number one. Like I I, I find it hard and to you believe. Don't mean Cam. Yeah, I find it hard to believe that anybody is going to be like, well, uh, Dave, um, can I can I interest you in this? Uh, uh, the guy from Middle Tennessee State is actually a pretty good coach, and uh, no, I don't he's think he's so. doing some excellent things with the fullback position. Yeah, exactly. Well, the way that they're running the triple, no, it's not yeah. going to happen. We're he not- he wants to hire his guy, and I and and honestly, I can't fault him for that, and I get it. You can you can be you can be mad at the decisions that he's making, but ultimately, as the owner of the team, he gets to make these decisions, and he's going to mold the team in his image, and that's what's going to happen with whatever coach this is, whether it's whether it's a retread like Marvin Lewis or Mike McCarthy, whether it's some new guy, whether it's Will Healy, like who knows? McCarthy and, and Lewis aren't in the same. I, I wouldn't put them. In. They okay, are, sure, yeah, but I mean, or, yeah, I just think I think McCarthy is a is a is a step above. Marvin Lewis. Yeah, no, but but you don't know. Maybe he yep. says to himself, "I want I want somebody well, that's, that's coached in the league for twenty years. I want somebody that knows how to handle an NFL franchise." We don't know. I don't think that's what he would do, but maybe. I, I really like the idea of growing the front office, of growing and having more people involved. It, yes. These NFL teams have relied on some of these uh, scouting services. Blesto is one of them. There's another one out there. They have relied on these scouting services. The, in in the day and age that we live in in the NFL, as big as it is. And as specific as these schemes are that teams want to run, I absolutely think teams need to be doing all of their own scouting. And so I'm on I'm on board with what he's saying, but and you know putting more manpower behind that, flushing that out, and trying to give the competitive advantage. But to me, if it's, I just keep going back to the to the why now thing because I, if if I'm way more interested in the David Tepper that 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 nukes it and says we're bringing in new people than we're replacing Ron Rivera. Does that you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I would be way more on board. And again, we think that the Herney thing's coming, but again, so why? So why now? Oh, I don't think that and, the Herney thing's coming. I just want that to be clear. You've said it a couple times, and I want to disagree with you right here. I think I think Marty Herney is here to is here to stay at least for the short term. I don't mean for the for the for the next ten years, for the next twenty years of sustained excellence that are coming. I think, but I think that he he likes what Marty Herney has done with this roster. Marty Herney 2.0, of course. And I think they agree with a lot of on a lot of things, and I think that he's bringing in this uh, this assistant GM, VP of football operations, whatever you want to call it. Well, both of those things. Um, I, I think that they are bringing in that guy to fill in for some of Marty's deficiencies. So maybe Marty has some blind spots. He really likes Marty's college scouting. And to me, and I've said this a few times on social media because people always want to bring up the third and the seventh round pick that haven't worked out for Marty Herney. If you nail your first round picks every year after year after year after year, that's a good GM to me. And I get it that you can make some other mistakes, and, and Marty has for sure. But when you're nailing that first round pick, that that to me is so much more important because second round picks, third round picks, fourth round picks, fifth round picks, once you get after the first even 20 picks or so, the 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 failure rate is through the roof. Vincent Richardson wrote a great piece for us during this offseason that even first-round picks only have a 53% success rate. That means one of every two first-round picks fails. And when you look at Herney's draft record in the first round, he has been so good. Not only he's drafted, what, the two best players in the history of the franchise? 
Sure. Yeah. Uh, and he's also found some guys late. But, yeah, for us to hang our hat on, well, uh, I tweeted out the quote that Tepper said he was a good evaluator of college talent. People want to respond with Rashawn Galden. And it's like, yeah, he made a mistake in the third round. He may have made a mistake with Will Greer. Well, but we've made it pretty clear that they don't know what a good safety looks like around these parts. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. I mean, maybe that's what they need to bring an assistant GM. An assistant GM, which was was Roman Harper or like a <laughs> – was Yeah, can we get Kurt Coleman back here? Just to, <laughs> um, I think he's I, actually starting for somebody this yeah. year. Um, probably playing well. Playing well too. Um, the time, the timing thing th- throws me off. But the other thing that that he said that I found very interesting, and he being David Tepper, was talking about interfacing with the business side. Yeah, he said that a few times too. And that's an interest. What do you think interfacing with the business side means? Hmm. Here's what I think it means. Because I'm t- it I'm t- sounds t- to me it- like people meddling. Oh, for sure. I don't think right. we're. Right. I think the question of them not meddling is out the window. Like right. I, I think we're well, looking. Then sustained success is out the window. Why? I, Why you be, can't be sustain, sustainedly successful with a with a with a meddling, meddling owner? That can't be possible. Give me the best example. I don't have one. Thank but you. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Uh, it's Robert just Kraft, not, he doesn't not, well, meddle, because, right? Well, because part of a big part of the reason why these these teams that have sustained success and look, every team that was better than Ron Rivera and the Carolina Panthers during this past decade had a coach in place longer than Ron Rivera, all of them, except for Mike McCarthy, who got fired in eighteen after a thirteen year run, right. and Andy Reid, who took over um, in, in twenty thirteen. Those are the two exceptions. But, of course, he was with Philadelphia before that. Having people in place and having those people's jobs be secure is a huge part of of Mike Tomlin's success, a huge part of Bill Belichick's success. The idea that these players know that the guy in charge is in charge. Not, well, let's see what the owner says because maybe maybe he's going to feel differently in a couple weeks. And maybe if he likes me more than he likes the new guy, then he'll start making ominous comments. About the about the head current head coach or whatever it is, that those games are not played by the teams that achieve the level that David Tepper is talking about. They suffer no fools. I mean, Mike Tomlin. How much how much credit has he gotten for handling Antonio Brown now? Uh, now that we've seen him out in the in the real world, right? I think I think you could say a lot of the exact same things about the way that Ron Rivera handled Cam Newton, which I don't think was just a bed of roses the entire time for Ron Rivera. No, I'm I'm not I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you. I, I, I just look at Mike Tomlin and Ron Rivera, and I see very much the same head coach. And I do think the Steelers have a better culture than the Panthers, and that's why the they they win a little bit more than the, than the Panthers do most years. They win a little bit more, but ultimately, I think that the Mike Tomlin and, and Ron Rivera. You want maddening losses. You want maddening challenges. You want disappointing playoff runs. But both. Fan bases can talk to you about that, particularly since Mike Tomlin's Super Bowl win is more than a decade ago. I look at this and say that that, that this the, the David Tepper, the guy that came from the Steelers, just fired Mike Tomlin in the name and said, but yet after after less than two years and said that he was patient. If this is his idea of patient, this is not the recipe for sustained success. He wanted his own guy. He wants his own guy. Let's, let's, that, to me, is the long and short of all of this, is that he wanted, Ron Rivera was a good coach, and I think that if Ron Rivera had gone out there and gone 14-2 to every year, we were just pushing the stone down the street until 
He went seven and nine, and then it was like, well, we got to move. I got to, well, we can't do it. Yep. And and that's again to me, I, I get that, and and uh, I understand why you're why you disagree with that. But he thinks that he can he can he can produce sustained excellence through his own through his own mind because right. he has he done it in the it, business right. world. Just like just like the other owner that has already fired his coach this year, that you brought in a bunch of 30-plus free agents in a win-now situation as soon as he became a new owner, and he was going to be able to do it so much better than the last guy because he was a billionaire and he was so stinking smart. And now you just lost to him at home, and it was so embarrassing that you hired, had to fire your head coach that week. That's the guy you're emulating. Big talk, free agency, rumblings. I mean, that's that's it's not it's not the Roonies. I'm sorry, that's not who we're emulating. And so maybe it'll change, but through less than two years, it's been a lot more talk. It's been a lot more um, suggesting things. I'm, I'm mentioning things a lot more out front from David Tepper, and I just think that we're getting a taste of who this guy is, and he and, he, and he's been incredibly successful in the business world and I hope he will be able to be successful with the Carolina Panthers and all Charlotte sports that he takes over here in the next several years um maybe he'll but, buy the Hornets but well hey look <laughs> if we got if we got to spend tourism dollars and the choices are the Spectrum Center or you know or, or David Tepper I think he actually still has the advantage yeah he definitely does it still has the advantage let me read you a quote from I'm sorry from the question that I asked him about uh, I asked him essentially, like when he got here, did he look at the football side and say, "I need to add some new positions. I, I need to. I, I want to make these changes." And then we're just seeing them now. And I, I, it wasn't necessarily about Ron Rivera; it was more about the new positions that he's added or position, I guess. Uh, and and he said, "There's no mystery. Good management practices are good management practices. You know what I'm saying? Good processes are good processes. We run a business over here. We have things that go on every day." Any kind of deficiency that's in that operation, I'm going to try to weed it out. If I need another person, I'll put another person there. I just want to make sure that we have the best organization possible. It's not a one-time evaluation. It's a constant evaluation. That, to me, doesn't speak to letting things grow necessarily. That is, uh, and, and maybe the constant evaluation is over the course of a few years. We don't know. We don't know. And I think we can... We, we can jump to as many conclusions as we want and, and assume what we want to assume. But when you look at what he's done over the past couple of years, you're right. He's, he's done a lot. Of, he's made a lot of changes. But also, that's what you do when you buy a business. You make changes to make it as successful as possible. And that's what he's trying to do. And whether or not he's going to be successful still remains to be seen. I don't disagree with a lot of the things he's saying. My concern is I don't think they're going to get to where he thinks they're going to get. And... It, it sounds great when you haven't had to do it. And you know what? They're going to have injuries. They're going to have seasons where his his head coach has a ton of injuries too. And where his defense, like, like Ron Rivera's this season, the top two guys that played the most snaps for the defense this season are who? That played the most snaps? That played for the, the most snaps for this defense are uh, Trey Boston. Ding. And... Uh, Shaq Thompson? No, Shaq. Shaq, Shaq and Luke are both at 99%. Mm. It is Trey Boston and Eric Reed. 
Yeah. I mean, two scrap heap safeties. Sure. Uh, on a it team, always comes back like, to the safety. Really Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's on this team. Safety first, baby. Then it's a whole new story than Ron Rivera's our but, guest today on One Day Contract. But right now, David, every every injury, everything that happens is somebody else's responsibility. It's somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's, you know, there, there's somebody else that can take the blame for it. But in time... Those are going to be your guys, and you're going to have the seasons where all of a sudden your both your defensive tackles go out. Well, some you know? I, some could say that same thing about Ron Rivera. You looked at Ron Rivera last year; they were on a four game losing streak, week thirteen. They had uh, their their and their defense were giving up chunk plays like it was going out of style. That was all the talk of the town. He goes and he th- fires Brady Hoke. He fires Jeffy Memorial. Says, "I'm going to take over the defense. I'm going to change it. Make it three four in the off season." Then you look at it this season, and it's worse than it was last year. And yes, I get it. K1 Short is hurt. That's a big loss. But the reality is, is that it's not so big of a loss that they should be one of the historically bad run defenses in the league. And when Ron Rivera is a defensive minded head coach, when you are going to pride yourself on being a defense first coach, and you have a team that is getting gashed week after week after week, that that is a that is a black mark on your resume. And I get it. You you can look at at his kind of at his time here, and I know that you are kind of hinting that the the past nine years have been closer to sustained excellence than they have been to long term mediocrity. And I think a lot of people, myself included, might might argue that more of that has to do with the quarterback than the head coach. But the reality is, is that we don't know. This is we are looking at it in too short of a time frame and too much of a vacuum. Because until we see five years of whoever this new coach is going to be, then we can't really decide. And we can we can talk. And I get it. That's literally what we're being paid to do is talking to these microphones. Not much, by the way. Uh, is about what's happening right now, and that's totally fine. And we're going to talk about who we think might be a good fit. But the reality is, is that uh, we just don't know, and and we can we can judge right now. And I see exactly what you're saying. I, I get that, but maybe who's to say that uh, that David Tepper can't be the first hands-on owner that is uh, that produces a positive impact? He could be, but when you come to these one of one coaches, which again is what we're talking about with a lot of these guys, Sean Payton. I think the Sean Payton and Andy Reid are the two best offensive minds that have sustained it long enough at the NFL level. And Andy Reid got and, fired. And, and yeah, and Andy Reid got fired. But Bill Belichick, I, I these guys to me, I don't see them being interested in having the business side or an owner making comments. And I, I think you want to make it a place where guys like that want to work. I'm not necessarily Sean Payton, and you have to take a shower every week, but. <laughs> um, not that we don't at least shower once a week, but you know what I mean. Why the, do we always have to bring up how much I shower on this no, show? No, just in general. One no, anybody, time I came anybody, into the studio and I Sean hadn't Payton, showered. Sean Payton joke. It wasn't All a Josh right. Klein joke. Well, thank um, you. I, I just To me, those guys aren't interested in coming and having a place where, hey, uh, you know, we, we the business side has, has run some numbers and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there is that that magic, you know, recipe. But um, I, I, I'm, I'm right now I'm, I'm nervous. About the about the start of this David Tepper era, I can understand your nerve. I mean, anytime there's a huge change, you're gonna end, uh, it's going to be nerve wracking, right? I mean that that makes a ton of sense, uh, and I don't blame you for being 
for being trepidatious about how this is going to go. And I think we're going to see, we're going to get a lot of answers with not only how this coaching search goes, but who he actually goes with, who he actually hires, and what that looks like. Whether I, I was really, and I think we talked about this on the show, I don't remember whether it was on air or off air, I was really concerned that he was going to go out there and get a, um, a, uh, an at. <laughs> I, I, this is the worst example, but like an Adam Gase that controls the roster and the head, he's coach and GM, and somebody that's going to remake the entire team and his image and whoever it is, and it's going to be some quarterback whisperer or some guy that well whatever, and and that to me is a mistake is to go out and say this is the guy They're like I love this guy he's going to remake our entire franchise. The idea that you're going to say hey we're going to we're actually going to bring in more people. We're going to bring in an extra set of eyes. We're going to bring in another person that might be able to, you know, bring some other ideas to the table. That That is, I think, the right, the more measured approach to how to build your roster. Because let's also look at this. When he says, would you give up five years for 20 years of sustained excellence, does that say to you that we're going to be re-signing a lot of these guys that are hitting free agency? Because it says to me... That we're looking at a rebuild next year. So this is then you're talking about nuking the culture. You're talking about all of it. All, yes, everything he every, said no, he I, said it. I know, I know, but what I'm saying is this organization that we that the, the fans have taken tremendous pride in in terms of Greg Olson, Thomas Davis, things like all those things, everything, nuke it. We're just we're just starting fresh. Because that's and and but Marty Herney's gonna stick around. So is Marty gonna be the guy that I mean, I, I agree with you that Tepper's obviously going to hire the head coach, but are you like the last time there was a coaching search, granted, different regime, but you know it, it, the GM delivers the head coaching candidate or whatever to the to the owner. Or do you think that Marty is going to move into a different role other than general manager? Because I don't think he's going to move into a different role. Oh, you mean like, because, like well, team just seems, president or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It just seems odd that it's like we're likely got a new quarterback. And we got a new coach, but we're going to keep the GM to make those hires so that then in five years we can hire the new GM and then we can say, hey, he wants to get his own new guys in here because that's what we say about GMs, not just owners as well. I mean, you're not wrong. That's a, that's an interesting proposition. I mean, that if you're going, I, if you're going to, if you're nuking everything, why is Marty get? Why is Marty still here? Why does he get the one hazmat suit? Well, <laughs> <laughs> why does he the one guy that can 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 touch ET? Likes that Jermaine Carter pick. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's talk about Marty's Marty two point real quick though. Oh, and this you roster, to talk about Jermaine because, Carter. no, no, because this roster, I, I, I don't, I, I maybe, maybe it's not. I, does anybody really like this roster? Well, you're not going to have to like it for because, very much right, longer. Agreed. But again, if, if well, if we liked what Marty's done, then we, uh, that's that's what it feels weird to me. And I, I, I still do assume that it, it, Marty may have a role, uh, you know, doing the college mm-hmm. scouting, as they said. But I don't think that Marty Herney is long for the role of, of decision maker for David Tepper's team, um, and, and and I think that's one one reason why I think why now is I, th- I think is the MLS argument the MLS announcement that may be coming in the next week that David Tepper does not want to be seen as asking for money while accepting long term mediocrity in the form of keeping a coach during a failed season where the team where the fans have had to witness their team get blistered multiple times on the home field by subpar teams. And this way, there are no questions about whether or not David Tepper's standing pat or accepting mediocrity when he 
asks for more money. And I, I think that was why you would make this now, make this move now rather than at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. That makes sense to me. Uh, to me, I think he was, I think those two out of three losses to Washington Atlanta played a lot more into the timing of it. And he said to himself, I gotta, I'm, I'm ready. And, and whether, and whether or not he wants to, he's going to admit that, or he may never say, he may never admit it. That's totally fine. But I, I think that, you know, we're fooling ourselves if we think that David Tepper, who has admittedly saying, who called a impromptu roundtable of local media after they got shellacked by Atlanta, if we are thinking to ourselves that they get blown out by Washington at home, blown out, I mean, whatever, they lost by eight, but who cares? They got they got beat by Washington at home. They got run all over. They got run all over. They got, yeah, 248 yards rushing by Darius Geis and Adrian Peterson, who are at each end of the age spectrum. Um. And for us to think that that played nothing into this, eh, like I, I don't, I don't necessarily buy it. Well, what I will think is, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say your scenario about the about um, a coach or going after somebody and targeting them and wanting and thinking that they may be someone that's coveted by other organizations and wanting to be out front. That to me is the best. That's the that's the best case scenario. For the Carolina Panthers, that David Tepper has somebody that he has identified that he wants to fill that position, and you know if, if it's somebody that's out of the league, then to me, and, and so he wanted to get the jump on it. That to me is the, the the really the best case scenario. Now, who that name is, I don't know, but I but I like the name that you've been tossing around. Who's that? Will Healy? <laughs> no, no, Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I, I think Mike McCarthy, uh, the end of his reign. Um, or his time in Green Bay, again, dealing with a, a tough quarterback to deal with and Aaron Rodgers, and I think that after 13 years his time was done, but that's a guy that has won a lot of football games uh, and has been at the, at, the, at the cutting edge of offense. It's not long ago that he was thought of as a, as a super bright offensive mind you know, and now it's like I don't, oh. I don't. I don't pretend to know a ton about Mike McCarthy. I'm, I I would love to be able to to give you all the pros and cons about him. But what I do know is what David Tepper said that he was looking for in a new head coach. Here's what he said. He said essentially, I know that the transition uh, from college to the pros is hard. So guess what? Let's rule out college coaches. That that to me when. When he says something like that, that means he has a specific guy in mind and he's kind of trying to describe him to us. Do you like offensive or defensive coordinators? Well, you know... Uh, this is the uh, dumbest uh, part of this whole thing. Oh, yeah, offense, of course. Defense, we have to... Right? Yeah, like you're like, oh, well, this is... The, the possession arrow points to defense this year, so you should definitely go defense. You we shouldn't gotta... pick the individual. You should pick whether or not he's on the right side of the in ball. In the modern NFL, I think there is a preference for offensive coordinators. That's his... That's the first sentence, and I get it. Well, well, that does not mean if you don't find something fantastic on the defensive side, I won't consider it. That's hedging your bet. Your first – this is just pure psychology. Somebody said, do you like an offensive or a defensive coordinator better? And he said, well, in today's modern NFL, you got to like offense. But, I mean, if there's a defensive guy, then I'm not going to say no. Like, come on. So we're looking for an offensive guy that – is maybe not a college coach, and there are a bunch of offensive guys that are college coaches 
But then let's let's add in the if you want to believe the well, other teams were out there looking for a head coach. They were starting search. I heard some rumors. I heard rumors that other teams were starting search. On PFT. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I heard rumors, Darren, by our own friend, uh, friend of the podcast, Darren Gann, I'm sure, was one of those rumors. Um, Known monger. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, that other teams were looking at a head coach. Okay, so if they're looking at a coach and you're saying to yourself, well, I want somebody specific, the other teams, they can't theoretically, they can't really, it's tampering if you talk to a, a coordinator, and I get it. They can whatever, they can hold interviews with the residents in, they can... They can reach out to agents. They can do whatever. But if you're going out, if you're going into this media roundtable and you're saying other teams were doing it, that to me says maybe you're looking at somebody that isn't doesn't have a job right now. So you're looking for an offensive guy that's worked in the NFL that doesn't have a job right now. Uh, Mike McCarthy's right there at the top of the list. I mean, he's got a 62% winning percentage. You also want somebody that combines old-school toughness and discipline with modern, oh god, I don't have it off the top of my head. It's like modern innovations, and here it is. I got it. Uh, the right mix of old school discipline and toughness with modern and innovative processes. Tepper pulled out the press release and read it a, f- a few times to tell us what kind of coach he's looking for. Mike McCarthy brought analytics to the Green Bay Packers. Like he said, we need to work on this uh, nutrition, energy, all this stuff. So. I'm not saying that they're going to hire Mike McCarthy, and I'm sure that somebody will pull this out and and play it for me when they it'll inevitably. Be, it'll be you if, if they didn't <laughs> Mike McCarthy, or if they go out and they inevitably get some sort of college coach that I'm not familiar with, or or one that I am familiar with, like Lincoln Riley, or or even if it's Greg Roman or or Kevin Stepnaski. That's not how you say it, but whatever. If if they don't go out and get Mike McCarthy, I'm sure I will get roasted, but. To me, just on like first first glance, that's kind of the guy that it sounded like he was describing. That that sounds a whole lot better than me than 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 Harbaugh. Uh, well, sure, what, John I'm, Harbaugh. I'm yeah, interested in John Harbaugh. Sure, sure. But of the guys that you could find that have been in the league recently, it, it, Mike McCarthy to me stands above all the others, and not just because he's won a Super Bowl, but just because of the the fact that he was in he was a head coach for ten plus years, winning sixty percent of his games. That's the kind of guy and uh, that if you were trying to establish sustained success, you get a you bring in a guy like McCarthy, and, and again, you're going to be looking at a quarterback soon. You want a quarterback whisperer. You want a that. I mean, McCarthy was known for his work with quarterbacks. If I'm not mistaken, that's how he got that job. Well, he made the transition from Favre to Rodgers, right? I mean, and that's that's what he does yeah. and then he got in a huge fight with Rodgers and then whatever. I mean, apparently everybody does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, can I can I, I I thought this was interesting. So, um a question about uh Cam and how Cam's future is tied to the new to the new coach. And a part of that quote was, "But we're not weighed down by a 36 million dollar mistake right now." That came out of the owner's mouth. Now, can you Elaborate on what the thirty-six million dollar mistake would be. I would assume it would mean signing Cam Newton to a huge thirty-six million dollar a year extension. Wow! Wow! Well, I mean, we'll see. I was going to ask you if you thought Cam's chances of staying actually went up today with Ron Rivera being out. I don't. Uh, I think that. 
Because here's um, here's why here's why I bring it up. Just because sure. it would be if you were an offensive minded head coach that was coming to, to Carolina, you would you'd rather start with Cam Newton or the idea well, sure. of Cam Newton than than not. So I, I'm just saying like if I could see that, you know, that, that head coach coming in and be like, I've got a plan. I can make this work. I can you know, and, and selling that. Well, so. I think if you're if you're a if you're if you're the owner, are you selling him on a guy that you don't think is healthy? No, of course not, right? You're going to go to Greg Roman or or Lincoln Riley and say, hey, listen, man, Cam's, gonna, Cam's not healthy. Cam's going to go somewhere else, and we're going to start with a new quarterback, whoever you choose, your guy. You bring in whatever your guy is. Tyrod Taylor, bring him in. Um, and that's what's gonna. that's how we're going to move forward. Rather than say, well, it might be healthy. Um, well, I, I don't know, but uh, we just signed him to five years, one forty. So, good, good luck. Remember, I talked about five years of uh of 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 mediocrity for twenty years of sustained excellence. Well, I just signed somebody for five years, so <laughs> don't worry. As soon as this one's over, that's when it's going to get really. That's good. That's when it's going to. Oh yeah, I I think that I I'm not sure. I I don't know that the new coach is tied directly to Cam Newton, um, but I think that it's it's certainly interesting. If you're the if you're a new if you're a coach and I'm trying to sell you on coming to Carolina. If Cam New if Cam Newton's in the picture, I'm a lot more interested. But I'm not sure that he will be in the picture. We've been saying it for a while, so I, I don't think yeah. that's new news. In case you're a well, new it's listener, it's the idea of Cam. Sure, it, it's not it's not actually the guy. It's the idea of Cam and what Cam has been able to do in his career. Not the guy that we've seen, unfortunately, recently. Yeah, over the past two years, I, yeah. I think that it's it's fine. Um, I think that it's it's just I I don't know the um I it's. I think that well, let's look at it this way. It's if it's not Mike McCarthy, do you like any college coaches? I mean, Lincoln Riley's obviously the guy that is the talk of sure. But if if the Dallas interest is real, the, to me the Dallas position, the Dallas head coach and the Dallas quarterback position are the two best positions in in football. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I I, I get that. I also. I think that he has – it's funny. A lot of people wanted to point me towards the – Lincoln Riley says he's not interested in the Redskins job, so that means he's not coming to the NFL. Well, hmm. Also known as Lincoln Riley may have options. Yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, like uh, I mean, if I – like, there, there's an analogy there that I'm not quite ready to make, but it's like if – I mean, just from, just because just, I'm just not, going to work. Like, okay, fine. You've got you've got nutso owners on both sides. You know, you got Jerry and you got you got you got Danny Boy. Sure, but from a facility standpoint, <laughs> I'm going with Dallas a thousand times. Yeah, out of a thousand. Just because I'm not willing to clean the toilets doesn't mean I'm not willing to work at GE. You know, like I, there are other jobs out there that are in the NFL that are not the Redskins well, job. And, and would you rather be the head coach of the Redskins or Oklahoma? I, Oklahoma, I mean, where the wind comes yeah. sleeping down the plane. That's what I. That's where I want to work. <laughs> Here's my other question. Do you think we're looking at a complete rebuild for the Carolina Panthers coming up soon? I think I mentioned it earlier. And if we are, let's let's you know what? Let's presuppose. Let's live in a world where we are. Okay? Who are you rebuilding with? Who do you think is untouchable on this roster? Because I only have two names. Well, 
do I, I don't think a full rebuild is well it's the NFL yeah. so you can't really right. re- well, that's you just, can't strip that's it down it. for just, to yeah. nothing right like, like you're not waiting for for the one guy that's going to come and average 25 points for you like you can in the NBA right but i mean you're not going to that's the thing is like so what i mean by that is like okay so Luke Keekley has one year left on his deal they're not going to ship out Luke Keekley but you look at some of these other guys and it's like well like, well, if you're if if the plan is to not be very good for five years or to bottom out and then start the the hockey stick growth that we're going to be on as a, a sustained success monster um, going forward, um, sustained excellence, oh, not sustained success. That's right. You got to have your catchphrases correct. It was for, for at first. Well, I think long term mediocrity is probably going to be in there. Uh, especially, it's going to be used over the next few years when inevitably this new coach goes. Seven and nine, six and ten, eight and eight. Oh well, long term mediocrity. Yeah, I mean, we we do have a new owner. I mean, Jerry guaranteed a Super Bowl in ten years, and this guy's saying, "Hey, wait till year seven, then we're going to be they're going to be good." Um, not what he said. <laughs> it's not what he said. Um, I, I don't think a re, I don't think a rebuild is is really a thing in the NFL. I would like to see more roster turn. I don't think this. I don't think this organization and. It, it, particularly, I mean, under Marty Herney, has gotten enough out of the second second guys like that. You talk about the strength of organizations like the Steelers, and, and is is the the ability to fill that hole and, and have the next guy step up. This roster, as it's been composed, does not have that. That's why you've had uh, Gerald McCoy paying eighty percent of snaps in games, Bruce Irvin playing 80% of snaps because all these young guys that everybody's really gung-ho about that Marty did a great job drafting, they're having a really hard time right now getting them on the field. And that includes Brian Burns. Well, yeah, no, I, I think Burns has been dealing with some uh, some wrist stuff and also the fact that he uh, doesn't know anything except for speed rush. But um, I mean, Mario I, Addison shouldn't be leading this team in defensive snaps. This is a guy that we thought may, was not a good fit for this new defense. And while he's had success – with with sacks on the run plays, Mario Addison is part of the reason that we're having that they're having these struggles on run on on the rundowns too. I mean, he that is not what Mario was brought in to do ever. Lots and now, of, lots of reasons for them being terrible at um at the run at yeah at run defense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly not just Mario. I no, would no, imagine no, no, no. having guys that weigh two forty out there doesn't help. But. Right, but that's what my point being. These these second guys are not doing enough to contribute right now. And they, and they leaned very heavily on a lot of, on some vets for a while. Not that the run defense has been good at all, or, you know, really for the, the entire season. Um, I, I, I disagree with the, the, the idea that this is – I think this is one of the worst rosters Ron Rivera's had, actually. This may be the worst roster Ron Rivera's ever had. Do you think that would be the case if Cam Newton had started the last 12 games? Oh, it's absolutely different. I mean, again, is it the idea of Cam Newton or is it the, the Cam Newton we've seen recently? Because – it, it would not have been better if, if given what we saw of Cam the first two weeks, in my opinion. But that to me speaks to why I don't think Ron Rivera firing Ron Rivera was the answer. It, this this feels like an owner that wanted a head on a pike, and I don't know if he wanted North Turner's head on a pike, and, and and Ron wouldn't give it to him, and so this is where we ended up. I don't know. Um, I, it just, I think I think it's less about that and more of a Thanos style inevitability that. David Tepper was always going to move on from Ron Rivera. It was just a matter of when the losing seasons were coming. And it was never going to be last season because he followed the advice that I got my first management job I ever got, which was 
when you go in as a manager and you have decisions that you can make, don't make any decisions for the first month. You just sit there, you watch them play out. And in a billion-dollar business, that month was a year. And he waited for a year, and then he said, you know what? I, I got to make some choices. And he has said multiple times that when he came into the business side, it was really easy for him to make changes because it was a cluster. And it wasn't – you go in there and you say, okay, well, I just bought this restaurant, and uh, you guys are cooking with mop water. So why don't we just pour fresh water out of the faucet? Like that that's an easy fix, real easy. Hey, uh, you know, we – we have this billion dollar organization that everybody wants to look at. We should probably have like a marketing officer, like somebody that's in charge of marketing for us. Should we do that? That's an easy fix. These are things that are easy for him to do, especially coming from a business background. So he waited for a year and he said to himself, I need to make some, I'm going to make some football changes because it's my team and I want to make some football changes. And I have wanted to make them since I got here. I waited for a year. That's why he said, I've been patient, which I agree with you. Has he been patient? Mm. Okay. Uh, but whether or not he has or has not been, he he was. In in the long in the short term, he certainly was. I mean, he could have come in when they were I mean, when they lost six straight last year. That would have been being impatient to me. This is at least it's like, well, you got two years and yeah, well, you know, it's been Kyle Allen, it's not Cam, and well, but it I can't have you getting blown out at home by Washington. I just can't. I can't have all the empty seats. I can't have the apathy among the fans. I can't have all this stuff. So when you fire Ron Rivera, and I get Perry Fuel is not going to bring in the seats against Seattle. I don't think people are coming in there to see it. But eh, if it's Will Greer's first start, maybe people will show up for that. You don't think he's going to fuel the fire? Love it. <laughs> we should end the podcast right there. Now, uh, Bill Voth, uh, another friend of the podcast, spoke – with David Tepper today in a, in a brief interview, they talked a, they talked a lot about the interim coaches. Do you have any um, expectation that the interim coaches have any need to you know reup a lease? Be, be, be besides uh, <laughs> yeah. interim to yeah to, 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 to not be working on their their resume today rather than on the game plan. I think the one guy that that David Tepper has his eye on is Scott Turner. And I think Scott Turner is somebody that was part of the analytics movement here in Carolina, um, which we haven't really said the word. I mean, we said it a few times, but analytics are just they, – they are incredibly important to David Tepper. Uh, like, it is well, – That's why I thought analytical Ron was a natural fit. <laughs> we should also end the podcast on that one. Like, we got to find a real good joke to end it on because they're not getting any better than that. But, no, I, I think that Scott Turner elevated to offensive coordinator – and I get it. Norv is going to essentially still be the – I think he's still going to run the offense, but I think you're going to see Scott Turner do some play calling and be kind of the guy that's making these moves. But uh, he said – Or is he going to become the dad that's criticizing all the like, – the, like the little Pop Warner? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I wouldn't have called that. He's going to be <laughs> sipping on his little lime-flavored sparkling water from Harris Teeter. Oh, baby. I don't know about that one. <laughs> oh, baby. No, baby. That's, eh, that's not that good. Um, I, I haven't really done, tried to do a Norv impression in a while on him, but, uh, Tepper said the phrase, which is hilarious. He said, Scott Turner has a young head, which to me, I think that Tepper wants to, he does want to skew younger, which is going to throw some fire, throw some water on the Mike McCarthy I'm thing. In, but. Well, I'm encouraged by that as a general, because that is a, that is a recipe for success and success. Not necessarily just picking young people, but if you pick the right young people, 
That's how you get there. Yeah. Uh, I've had many conversations with Scott. I think there's a possibility that he could put some of those things into action. Uh, I wouldn't go looking for things in games this first week, so you can just cool your jets. Uh, but we got three games after that, so we'll get a good look. Mm. Well, you're taking a good look at somebody. You're not taking a good look at them for to recommend them to go to Atlanta to be the offensive coordinator there. Well, if I'm if I'm looking at an offensive coordinator, I'm definitely saying, what can this guy do with Kyle Allen? And that's going to dictate a lot for me. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> that's going to be your quarterback of the future, right? Yeah, clearly. The air parent. And, and, and look, a week after – again, a week after – the, the Saints effort, which I thought was Allen's best effort, team looked you know looked good, fought against a really good Saints team, missed a kick, and now wow, here we are, you know, a week and a half later. I want to talk. I want to spend the f- the last few minutes of the show here. I know we uh, we usually take a break. Uh, we usually play a game, um, but I, what I'd like to do is rather than do that, I'd like to talk about um, Ron Rivera. Um, as a uh, not necessarily as a coach X's and O's guy, but just as a man, what he brought to the organization and to the city of Charlotte, because um, there are a lot of coaches out there that have a lot of hands in charitable aspects and and have been said, oh well, I saw him at the grocery store and he was the nicest guy in the world. But uh, Ron Rivera, I think, really made an impact on the city of Charlotte, not just from a not just from a football standpoint. He went out of his way to um to be involved in the community and i think that's extremely commendable and from somebody that had to interact with him on a, on a fairly day-to-day basis uh, i'll tell a story um just real quick uh i th- it wasn't my first year because i was 2017 but it was last year sometime i asked ron a question about um rashawn galden and how uh he hadn't gotten any playing time essentially and ron kind of answered uh sh- Whatever. He gave coach an answer. Speak. Coach, coach speaky. Speak. And then uh, whatever. Press conference ended. I went into the media workroom. I started type, type, typing. And um, a guy from PR came in and said, uh, can you come with me for a second? And uh, pulled me into the side hallway where Ron wanted to uh, express his um, – he wanted to apologize because he felt like he had been short with me um, regarding my question. And he then went on – to spend two or three minutes talking about how when he was a player, he was playing behind someone else and, and he had gotten a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, that had really changed how his career career trajectory was, um, because of that time playing behind someone else. So, uh, and, and then he said to me, you know, um, thank you. That was a good question. Then he turned and walked away and to him, I'm sure that meant nothing to him. He just, but he must've said, cause I didn't ask, it wasn't the last question in the presser. It was, halfway through so he must have answered the question that in his mind said to himself man that was I was a dick to that guy and and I don't want to do that and that to me is something that Ron Rivera you know remember him for whatever you would like to do but that in that moment is how I will remember Ron Rivera somebody that was one willing to go out of their way for somebody that you know was a, a young reporter that that hadn't been in there a whole lot and uh and wanted to make it wanted to apologized to me man to man and as another and saw me as another person um which i think that some head coaches don't look at reporters that way and he clearly did he had a personal relationship with everybody in that media room and and i think there's certainly there's something to be said for that did you in that moment feel like he was short with you did you had no that no i did not um i felt as if he had i didn't particularly think it was a great answer and it was not going to help with my rashawn golden article that i was writing but 
I don't. Was that the like... one that won the Pulitzer, or was <laughs> that the one before the? That was one? actually the one that I won for best podcast award. <laughs> um, but he was, uh, and and you know the we always say the term leader of men, um, and the way that he interacted with that locker room, and he 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 affected those guys. And I think there's a reason for uh, one of our other writers, Antoine Staley, has covered a couple of other teams in his time, and he covered the Dolphins. Um, over a couple of coach firings, and he said that he's never seen the amount of uh, like outcry and uh, show of support from former players of a coach as have how many people have showed up for Ron Rivera. When you know social media has a lot to do with that, it's very easy to tweet out a you know hearts emoji. But um, I, I do think that that connection that he had with his players, with the community, and with the with the franchise of the Carolina Panthers doesn't get forgotten when he inevitably gets another job somewhere else because he will be hired immediately. As soon as he wants another job, he's going to have another one. I, I think what you just spoke to at the very end is, is what I'm concerned about, that we've seen Thomas Davis walk out the door. Greg Olson looks like he's, you know, he, he's going to go to whichever broadcast booth is, is calling his name. We've seen Rivera walk out the door. This was an era that this fan base took a tremendous amount of pride in, not just in the work, on the field, but off the field as well. That, that we came out of 2013 when Ron Rivera had to stand up there and answer all the questions about Greg Hardy instead of the owner, instead of the general manager. And he had to, go, he had to do all that, and he did all that. And we've come out of that having Man of the Year nominees, Man of the Year winners, and, and really have put an emphasis on this organization of men. And I don't want to lose that. I don't, I'm not interested that because the billionaire wasn't here, because he doesn't have the DVDs to watch or doesn't care to watch. What was being established here over the last five years under Ron Rivera with these players as men is just as important to continue because it would be great to win Super Bowls every year, but that's not the reality. The reality is you hope you're going to have a good team and you hope you have good men representing your organization. And we've been fortunate in that regard. And I, I, I heard Roman Harper today on WFNZ talking about being concerned about going back and, and feeling welcome now with the new owner and the new regime. That, doesn't, that does not make me feel good about David Tepper going forward because there is real value in what we've, we've had here for, um, for, for the last decade. Under Cam, under Rivera, both have been extremely active. And um, I, I just don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater on this. We have a good thing here in Carolina. We've had a good thing here in Carolina. We haven't always done a great job celebrating, and David Tepper said he was going to be the one that was going to help us do that. And instead, it feels like we're ushering out an era in, in, in the name of creating Tepper's Panthers, which I get. I get it. He bought the team. He wants to make it his own. But I don't think that we need to throw out everything that we've done here over the last 25 seasons. I just want to, as we kind of close out the show, um, I, I want to read a quote from when Ron Rivera was about to break the record for um, – winning as coach in franchise history. I was going around, I was asking a lot of players. They Obviously, they had a lot of complimentary things to say to him about him. But I kind of just, uh, what Greg Olson said, um, really, I thought, summed up um, Ron Rivera's tenure here. And he said, I just hope people appreciate him for what he's done for as long as he's done it. 
In today's day and age, there's not a lot of coaches coaching nine years in one spot. Turnover, lack of patience in the NFL, it's pretty well documented. And for him to be in one organization, to deal with some of the roster changes, some of the adversity that we've dealt with, to weather some of the storms over the years, we've had some rough stretches. But we've had a lot of really good stretches. A lot of coaches, they let those bad times just crush them, and it's the end. They can never get it right. And just when you think the Panthers are down, we rally. And that's a testament to him, his leadership, and his style of coaching. Does anybody that's been disagreeing with me for the last however long the podcast is want to bet that the next guy that comes in will have someone that says that about him, will have a captain that says that about him when he leaves? This has been One Day Contract, a proud part of the Riot Network. I would encourage all of you to listen next week when Nikki Wolf will be back in her dulcet tones. Play traffic cops. We will have an actual guest. It may just be Elena Getzenberg, new beat writer for the Carolina Panthers for the Charlotte Observer, who has uh, last week couldn't make it. And then this week, everything blew up. So uh, we will see you next week. Rate, review, subscribe. Hear your silly question asked. I hope none of you get fired this week.